Welcome to BitFaced. Last week, we talked about all of our favorite games of 2017, but 2017 wasn't just a year for video games. There was a lot of other pop culture out there that we enjoyed here on BitFaced. We will do this elimination style like the video game episode, but I don't think that's going to be a problem today because all three of us have very different tastes in pop culture. Joining me today in the BitCave, and God, it's good to have you guys here back-to-back weeks. I know last year was kind of crazy with us three not being together on episodes. Hopefully something we're planning on remedying in 2018. But we're going to go round the table, BitFace style, and we're going to talk about our favorite pop culture. And I, I didn't limit you guys to anything. I know my list is movies, music, and television shows. But books, comic books, comedy specials, I think Rebecca mentioned. I've that, also got a podcast on mine. A, a podcast. Is it us? It should be, but no, it's not. Jesus, I hope not. (laughs) I hope you listen to something good in 2017. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't limit you guys to anything except that it had to be pop culture related. I even told Tyler, hell, if a restaurant opened that you like this year, you can put that on your top 10. Let's stick with the same format Uh, we did last time. Start with me, I guess, and we'll go to Rebecca and to you, Tyler. Does that work? Hey, that works for me. We got two X-Men shows in 2017. Both were very good. One has the edge, and that was Legion. Uh, They didn't hit you over the head with the X-Men mythology, but it was definitely there. There's a moment later on in the series where you see Professor X's wheelchair, where I got goosebumps. If you're a fan of X-Men, you haven't ever seen a show like this. Uh, It's done very uh, in a very original style. I would say I cannot wait for season two. Came out near the beginning of the year, so it was one of those that I kind of not had forgotten about, but I had to kind of go back and look at loved legion and if you have hulu you can watch it right now you can watch season one for free a lot happened last year you guys i was like looking through just the list of everything that had come out books movies tv shows whatever um and there were so many things that came out like january february that i just straight up forgot about you feel like it's so long ago i'm like yeah that came out like 2015 2014 whatever but no last year last year felt like three years last <laughs> for year, several reasons but it really did feel like three years yeah all sorts of stuff did happen and i'm like wow i can't believe that how, how did we think everything was so wrong in the world when we had so much so good (laughs) yep it was a good year and gifted is good too yeah watch gifted uh it's more of a a standard x-men show i would say legion's got that that air of originality that i think you'll really enjoy very cool so i'm actually going to kick it off with a comedy special um because this again was one that i had forgotten came out last year i thought it was two or three years old um but mike berbiglia's thank god for jokes is really really wonderful it's on netflix um i just i love his style of storytelling he's so sweet and earnest but still really funny um not afraid to be inappropriate but he does talk a little bit in that special about how his mom doesn't want him to curse and so he doesn't do it too much um he's he's musically pretty talented um that was the first of his specials that i had seen and then i went back and rewatched all of his his older stuff um and he's just i i just really really like him he actually um kind of edged out my my top three comedians for the longest time were Eddie Izzard, uh, John Mulaney, and Eliza Schlesinger. Um, And he kind of edged out Eliza for my top three. So um, I I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen anything of Mike Berbiglia's, that's a great place to start. Um, Everyone should go check it out. Isn't he a notorious sleepwalker? Yes, he is. He talks about that quite a bit. It's really funny. I've seen, I'm not as familiar with him as you are, obviously, but he is a very talented comedian. I will be adding that to my queue. Netflix? Netflix, yes. You would would really like this. Um, Carl got me to watch it, um, and I'm very glad that he did. And the whole time I was thinking, like, I think Eric would really like this. Well, thank you. That's why we do these these episodes, because I normally... Take away from both of you guys' yeah. list at least a couple nuggets and things that I that I enjoy, and I think I'd really enjoy that. Maybe a, a late night thing for us to to watch. 
I'm going to start out with music because I know that it's not a lot of the stuff that I listen to. It's not going to generate a lot of conversation between us uh, only because I have probably the most different uh, style of music taste than than you guys. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And uh, like you can call it bad. You can call it whatever you want. But uh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) If you are into hardcore music and you want to know uh, some some albums that came out last year that I uh, that really just, you know, moved me that uh, that were something that uh, got me through uh, things that I were feeling. Uh, the first one I'll start with is there's a band called Counterparts, and uh, and they release an album called You're Not You Anymore, and it's uh, kind of just uh, stories about uh, how people change and and the positive and negative emotions that go with that. And it was a really good album. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> we can't yeah. contribute much, but we'll take your word for it. Yep. <laughs> I know we do have some Bitface fans that do listen to very similar music that yeah. you do. So, I'm throwing it out here for them, you know. This isn't uh this isn't what do I think my my co-hosts would like of 2017. <laughs> this is this is my top of 2017. One thing I know both of my co-hosts will like one of them has watched it, one of them I am completely badgering until she does. The hardest I laughed in 2017 was a little show on Hulu called Future Man. Oh, yeah. And I've talked about it on the cast. I'm not sure if it was Bitfaced or if it was Tigo, but I just will say it was like they followed me around for a year and said, we're going to write a show that that dude is going to <laughs> love. It has the right amount of raunchy humor, reference comedy, well-told jokes. I'm completely in love with Eliza Coop. She has that look on her face that she just looks like she wants to kill you, and I don't know why. Those are the women I'm attracted to, but I definitely am. It's Tyler and I talked about it last night. It is a trend in my life. I like an angry-looking woman, and she completely fits that role. In yeah. fact, there's even a joke in the show about it. Um, I love Future Man. It's not a show I would recommend for my parents because it is very raunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh But it's also very well written. The jokes are phenomenal. I cannot say enough about it. I knew from the moment we watched the trailer that night that that show was going to be something special. And it completely exceeded my expectations. I want you to play Mario backs, but I really want you to watch Future Man. No, I'm so I'm starting to get back into uh, my like cosplay building for the year or whatever. And that's usually when I watch all of my shows because I can do stuff while that's on. So I'm starting it today. (laughs) While I work on shit. Can you, uh, a lot of our listeners are big fans of your cosplay. Any teasers this year? Or do you want not want to reveal anything you're working on? I saw the Mercy, so I assume that's public. Yeah, that's public knowledge. That's fine. Um, I, I bought a um, Winged Victory Mercy from the Summer Games skin um, off of a really talented cosplayer, and I'm making some modifications to it. That'll be at Galaxy Fest. Um, I also have... Um, Zaya from League of Legends that I'm working on, um, and Tharja from Fire Emblem. Those are kind of going to be my next nice big three. Awesome! Thank you for sharing that with. I was curious what you were uh, what you were working on. Yeah. So why why beginning of the year? Because there's no cons. Is that why this is the time to work on your cosplay? Um. Yes and no. I mean, we don't really have anything until Galaxy Fest, which is early February. Right after that, I have Katsucon. Um, but for me, it was mostly I needed a break. I got so burnt out on stuff last year between Gummy Gate and just everything else that was going on. So pretty much all of December, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll start again in 2018. <laughs> well, let me know today. Send me a message if you get through a couple episodes of Future Man. I'm really curious because you're going to know within 10 minutes. You right. are either going to be on board or you're not going to watch it. And no offense if you don't like right. it. Right. But you and I tend to like a lot of the same things. So We have a very similar sense of humor. Yes, we you, do. <laughs> you will enjoy it. And because Eric has already touched on everything that I would, like, I'll just say that I watched it in a day. Okay. A single day. <laughs> it is that good. Cool. Awesome. I'm excited. You're also up. <laughs> I am also up. Um... This this list, again, I didn't really put in a specific order because um, it's so hard when you're going kind of across different mediums and, and everything. But no, these lists don't have order for us either. Yeah, yeah no. it's, it's Definitely tough. not for me. Um, so 
I think next I'm going to I'm going to go with Spider-Man Homecoming. Nice. Oh, I do have to take something off my list. Ha. Wow, I quicker win. elimination than on the video game. <laughs> wow. I um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was just refreshing enough to where we weren't kind of um bitter about seeing a new Spider-Man so soon after Andrew Garfield's portrayal of it. Um but it still felt like Spider-Man. Like I love um what's his name that I can't remember right now. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yes. He he's great with just the the little jokes and being a little awkward. I mean, he's so good. Even in Civil War, I'm like this is my Peter Parker. This is this is I I'm, I'm finally feeling good about Spider-Man. So Homecoming was phenomenal. He was tough enough when he was in his you know spider suit and he was awkward enough around his school people right (laughs) that it was the perfect mix of everything we had been missing from all the rest of the spider-man movies right loved it as well almost made my top 10 two movies were very hard for me (laughs) this year i think you said it best he really did a good job with the character I also felt like Spider-Man finally being integrated into the Marvel Universe Mm -hmm. is exactly what that character needed. I mean, come on. Wolverine's probably the most popular Marvel character, but Spider-Man has to be two in Captain America number three. Right. Spider-Man is Marvel. Yeah. That used to be the logo for Marvel. It wasn't a Marvel logo. It was Spider-Man's face. It was. It was. And they also, I I really appreciated how they handled it. They didn't go through the origin story again because we've seen that so many times. They said, okay, you, you guys know the backstory. You know something happened. He has these powers. Now let's give you an entertaining movie. And that was that was really refreshing. Michael Keaton too. Oh my god! Chewing every piece oh. of scenery as the vulture. Uh, spoiler alert: the scene where Michael Keaton, where he shows up to pick up uh, his girlfriend for the prom, and Michael Keaton's her father. Oh my god! Was that handled was... very well. The scene in the car where Michael Keaton's basically like, "I know who the fuck you are, dude, and I'm going to make your life miserable." Mm-hmm. Did a great job with the villain. I don't think we're going to see Keaton again no, in that role. I don't think so either. In fact, the rumor is that they're bringing Keaton back for a Batman Beyond film to play old Bruce Wayne. That couldn't be more perfect. But yeah, yeah no, Homecoming was uh, well shot. I've only seen it once. I do want to see it again. Yeah. But I really remember in- enjoying uh, all of it. I'm glad we got a good Spider-Man movie this year because I hated the last two. Yeah. And I will forever rejoice over all of the male tears that um mj was a black woman like that just watching the meltdown when they announced that zendaya was going to be in the movie was so refreshing to me and we definitely need more shakeups like that in how the old key is community. she she's like late teens early 20s maybe i don't know i can look it up you've already masturbated her, haven't you <laughs> I'm just asking her age for a friend. Uh, <laughs> a friend named Tyler. <laughs> She's 21. Oh, great. You're good. Yes, I thought she was very attractive. <laughs> Fantastic. She's 21. You guys can't see this in podcast world. But Tyler just mopped his brow. That's how relieved he was. Woo. <laughs> uh, my up next, uh, I'm going to stick with my my music. Um, This is the last one that I think won't really generate a lot of conversation. Uh, My second favorite band released an album and it, it, they do a lot of really good stuff. They, they have a positive message. They're always about, uh, about uh, family and friends. And this uh, particular album got kind of political and it's called true view. And uh, it's, it's a lot less hardcore than their old albums because they, they wanted to kind of, use the tone to to kind of you know go into how bad things were and uh and i think they they succeeded and um so if you like hardcore check out stick to your guns true view it was uh it was probably my favorite album of this year another hardcore band correct yeah, correct okay. mm-hmm. so if you're into the hardcore tyler just gave you two two good choices for uh for last year yeah awesome I'm not going to dwell on this next one too much because we did an entire episode of BitFaced about it with Mia St. Clair. I loved Glow. I loved <laughs> Glow so much. It was funny. It was based on a true story, which I thought was great. 
Alison Brie got her deserved Golden Globe nomination, which I thought, I think I said it on BitFace, if she does not get nominated, those awards do not mean shit because she took that role and owned it. I watched it through twice, which I rarely uh, rarely do. Again, not going to dwell on it. You can go back. There's a whole episode about Glow called... It's like porn, but for your kids, I think is the episode title. It's like porn you can watch with your kids. Watch with your kids because that's one of my favorite lines in the entire uh, series. Mark Marin, who I normally think is is average, is phenomenal in the uh, in the show. The female cast, every single one of them does a great job playing their role. The last scene in the episode where Machu Picchu goes and she's nervous about fighting in the ring and she looks out in the audience and sees her dad i'm gonna tear up now talking about it because that's how powerful it is she looks out and she sees her dad machu picchu that's emotion that's how you do a show if you can take me from the verge of laughing my ass off one minute to the verge of tears what a great show we are getting a season two uh which i'm excited about so if you haven't gone back it's on netflix at glow watch glow very cool. So I'll go into another TV show, Stranger Things, season two. God, I'm going to take another thing off my <laughs> list. Almost made my list, too. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, they, I had a, a couple of issues with um, season two, just things that I liked a little bit better that they handled in season one. And season two, it felt like there was less um, detective work, so to speak. Like, they knew what the issue was. It was just kind of um, figuring out how to handle it. Um, I also, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, although if you haven't seen it, get off your fucking ass. Um, but the the episode where Eleven runs away to Chicago, that felt weird. I get that the they Empire wanted- The Strikes Back episode. Yeah, I get that they wanted to give her a training mas- montage, but I, it just, it felt so disjointed. It felt- Beyond that, I think there's going to be a whole lot more with- uh... With eight- and yeah, all and, of them. And yeah, all of them. And I, I absolutely agree. It just felt weird to give us only that tiny little taste this season. It felt really yeah. just, just kind of awkward. Didn't fit with it. But overall, watching these these kids act and do such a good job with it. Oh my god, the um, the actor that plays Will. You know, one concern that myself and a lot of other people had going into season two is we didn't really see much of him in season one so is he a good actor is he going to be able to hold his own with the rest of the kids because we know that they're all phenomenal and i'd say he's the best of all of them just the way he was able to um portray this mind flayer's possession of him was downright gave me chills oh yeah many episodes sean astin all I have to say, <laughs> Bob. Bob. Bob was my favorite part of the entire series. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. The scene where he says, what are we looking for? Pirate treasure? <laughs> Goosebumps on, on my arms. <laughs> I was sad to see Bob go, but the reveal that he started the AV club was mm-hmm. one of the best done reveals. Um, in I think in the entire show, I love what they did with Steve. Yeah. How His Steve's arc, like my, oh my Steve God. has the best arc of any character because they brought on Dacre Montgomery as Billy as the biggest douchebag in the history of time. He makes me nauseous. <laughs> I really like Steve. Steve's such a cool character. Yeah, Steve's great. Steve mom. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the memes that came out about like they'd Photoshop Steve's face on to a mama duck and then all the ducklings are the kids <laughs> and adventures in babysitting but with Steve and the kids. And <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, good good pick. I think we all enjoyed Stranger Things season two, and we're looking forward to Stranger Things season three, which I yeah. guess we're going to get next year. Or uh, is it this year? Or uh, no, I think it's twenty nineteen. It's. Yeah, I mean, they have to do them real close for the reason that we've talked about before: is the kids get older, are growing up. Yeah. yeah. So. The actor who plays Lucas is already sixteen. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah. Lucas is cool. He is. Yeah, I I dig Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm going to finish off my music real quick with a pick that I did not think I was going to like almost at all. (laughs) Um, But goddamn, this album is hot fire, and that's Taylor Swift's Reputation. (laughs) Really? Now, take me from when you and I were drinking beers and we played the first single, and both of you, uh, uh, both you and I agreed it was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm a big fan of her previous album. Yeah. And uh, the more that I've listened to that exact song, Look What Look what You Made Me Do, it's still not my favorite on the album because there's a ton that are just way better. 
uh, and I don't even know why I listened to it. I, I just it it came up at one point because <laughs> I I was not anticipating it being any good, and I clicked on it and I listened to a few songs, and something about it it's just uh, it, it's like Taylor took all this flack for like moving from country to kind of like pop and then she's like well fuck this shit i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want and she released an album and that's what reputation is well now i guess i'm gonna have to go listen to it even though i don't (laughs) think i'm gonna like it i think there's there's a reason i like one of her albums and it's the pop album it's 1989 Mm -hmm. i think that's why i like it though because it's pop done really well I don't think I really appreciate her when she does other styles of music and God, what we heard off the album so far. I don't even know how to describe it except shitty. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you'll enjoy it as much as I did either. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's because I just like the fact that she's taking it so well and she's just blowing people off. It's, Maybe it's a big, you know, fuck you to everyone that I enjoy about the album the most. She's talented. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll go with my favorite album of uh, 2017. This band hardly ever gets together. I think they do an album about every six or seven years only because there's about 40 of them in the, in the actual band. When you look at a picture of Broken Social Scene, uh, 40 is an exaggeration. I think there's 16. <laughs> but they're all off doing other projects. I don't know what it is with Canadian supergroups and why I love them so much because my second favorite album of the year is also a Canadian supergroup. But Hug of Thunder by Broken Social Scene, start to finish, is my favorite album of 2017. It's got good pop. It's got good rock. It's sweet. There's a throwback to one of the older albums, You Forgot It in People. You either like it or, or, or you don't like it. I've played it for some people and they've dug it. Uh, I've played it for some people and it's really not their their cup of tea. But if you're into Broken Social Scene, I would say indie rock in general, check out Hug of Thunder. It was, uh, it was wonderful. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to go with a book. Um, Got ourselves a reader here. <laughs> yeah. Um, even better, it's a political book. <laughs> Should I go grab the soapbox now or do you want it later? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys what it is, not give my impressions of it. and Everyone else can go out and read it for themselves. So it's called um, More Alternative Truths, Stories of the Resistance. And basically, um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, there, there's a first one. Oh, no. <laughs> Star Wars tale. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we will, we will talk about that resistance later. Um, there's, there's a first one just called Alternative Truths. Um, but basically this, this, um, this book compiles over two dozen different um, political writers and they write um, poems and short stories and little humorous writings. Um, in the first one, one of my favorite political analysts, um, Jim Wright, a guy that goes by Stone Kettle, um, he wrote what the Gettysburg Address would sound like from Donald Trump. And so it's all, it's all very political and it's all about kind of coming to terms with what it is to live in Donald Trump's America. Please, please tell me that it opens with four skin and seven inches ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe you should write. <laughs> I wrote that joke with Matt Morris in <laughs> high school. <laughs> Finally, it's it's back. Yes, it is. <laughs> but now now it's out there, so I can't use it again. Right? Yeah. That's this sounds true. very interesting. Though. It is. It is. It's um. It's a nice read. You know, the the chapters themselves are relatively short because again, it's it's over twenty different writers put into this book. Um. So it's nice to be able to just kind of pick one up, read a chapter, have this moment of catharsis of there are still people fighting, or you know, here's what I can do to kind of come to terms with what it's like to live in Donald Trump's reality. Um, so if you hate Donald Trump, I highly recommend it. <laughs> that wasn't too political. No, I wasn't going to get too into it. I'm saving that for later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, I'm gonna go to TV shows now that I only have two of those left. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Rebecca has knocked two off your list, right? Jeez, yeah, already. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, oh, sorry. I and other stuff is going to get knocked off. I, I know it is. Um, these two kind of go together, and ha- we did, never did our episode on this yet, so a lot more to come on these. Uh, and I'll just start with one for now, and I'll go with um, 
I can't even say my favorite of the two. It's it's really hard for me to pick. I'm not going to order these. <laughs> the Orville came out last year and uh, we had seen the trailer and we thought it was funny, so we thought we'd give it a shot. Both Eric and I did not enjoy the first episode so much and even the second episode that much. And then it just continued to grow and it became more Star Trek than we believe the new Star Trek show is. And so I think the Orville is 100% worth watching. It is one thing that I don't normally like watching a show week to week, but it is something that uh, every, every day it came out, I would go and watch the new episode. You can tell that Seth MacFarlane loves Star Trek The Next Generation and you can see it in every episode i think the pilot was a trick i think he threw that out there to get the money because the studio wanted jokey jokey and that's what the first episode is and then it takes a turn and it takes a more serious turn but for the better the much better (laughs) almost made my list as well what a nice surprise we are getting a season two uh, the cast is great. You would like it, Bex, if you're into Star Trek at all. Yeah. It's a very Star Trek show. In fact, way more Star Trek than Discovery is. Yeah. Not that Discovery's bad. It's actually the other TV show that's still left on my list. <laughs> and, and we can. Do you want to talk about it now, or do you want to go around again? Yeah, no, I'll talk about it right now. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, it, it came out. The, the worst thing about that show is just the fact that you have to pay for the CBS app to get it. Yeah. And that's that's really trash. Uh, or you have to have a friend named Ian. <laughs> or you have to have a friend named Ian who does stuff and then we can watch it. So, <laughs> or, or Steve, sorry. Steve, not, not yeah. Ian. <laughs> Steven. Steen. 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 Steelin. I mean, <laughs> anyways, uh, it's really good. Uh, if we do still plan on doing an episode about it, I don't want to do spoilers or anything, but it's not very star trek but i'm glad that it's set in that universe and i i like the tone that they take with it jonathan frakes is directing uh the next episode that we'll see actually which is cool and i think we're going to see a lot more cameos from previous trek members again it's not trek but it's not bad it's i really like uh, jason isaacs that plays uh, everyone knows him as what's the kid's name draco malfoy's dad from harry potter Mm -hmm. yeah he does a good job as the as the captain. I'm digging Discovery, and I agree with you. The biggest problem is what the hell was CBS thinking trying to make people pay for it? Put it on your damn network. There's not enough TV out there now. Everyone's watching HBO, Netflix, Hulu. Yeah. No one's watching network TV anymore. Right. In fact, they're calling The Big Bang Theory the last sitcom. Yeah. Even though I, I heard there's another sitcom on Netflix now, One Day at a Time, that's taking the sitcom mold and completely switching it around and hmm. doing a good job with it, hmm. which I think is interesting. But I think the sitcom needs to die for a little bit. Uh, you get Rain Wilson as Mud on Star Trek Discovery, yeah. which is phenomenal. Mud's a big character in the in the original series. To see him played by Rain Wilson, someone who I thought would be typecast as Dwight Schrute for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting uh, getting out there to play some different roles. So, yeah. so you had both Orville and Discovery on your list. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Canadian supergroups. One is my favorite. I love Broken Social Scene, but there's modern bands playing right now. I think I'd have to say they're my number one band. And no surprise to anyone that listens to the podcast, the new Pornographers. They came out with a new album this year. Without Dan Bahar, who plays on all of their albums, you normally get three or four Dan songs per album. This album was strictly Catherine Nico, AC, and the rest of the band tearing it up with their new drummer. I loved it, start to finish. Also a very political album, Mm -hmm. but done in a way to where it doesn't hit you in the face with it. There is not a better power pop band that ever lived, in my opinion, than New Porno. Every single one of their albums is good. If you want to get into them, I recommend go back to Master Romantic and go all the way through. If you just want a little taste, I often tell people to listen to Twin Cinema. If you get through the first five songs and you don't like it, you're not going to like what they're they're about. If you get through the first five and you want more of it, there is plenty of it. I often thought they should come out with an album called Sacronicity because that's how sugary sweet their tunes are. Whiteout Conditions is no exception. In fact, Tyler and I both have it on vinyl. Yep. So uh, definitely not as good 
as Hug of Thunder, I think, only because I don't get to hear Broken Social Scene as often get together. And I thought there were some tracks on Hug of Thunder that took it over Whiteout Conditions. But that doesn't mean that Whiteout Conditions wasn't a, wasn't a great addition to the new pornographer's discography. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so I'm going to go with... I, I struggled. I, I felt like this movie had a place on my top 10 even though I didn't necessarily love it um but it was so iconic for the year and did such a wonderful job of kind of um subverting expectations and really really changing the story but the last Jedi um I I had a lot of problems with it I loved the messages behind everything I think i I know I steal his words way too often, but Carl Brevik said it best where I hate everything that happened, but I love why it happened. Um, and I love the messages behind all of it. Um, I, I love the director's take on the Star Wars universe. I loved the all of how all of the characters were fleshed out. Um, this was probably one of my favorite portrayals of Leia ever. Um Minus the, uh, like, flying through the air piece. See, I didn't have a problem with that. I didn't either. Not as much as everyone else seems Yeah, (sighs) We've seen that in the TV shows. and um, It's not that she, like, flew through the air, like, per se. I didn't mind that. In fact, I had been wondering this whole time, ever since I've watched Star Wars, why the heck Jedi couldn't do that. Right. Because... Uh, they can lift objects. Like I've seen them pull down entire star destroyers and, you know, smash them into planets. Like you can't just lift yourself up. (laughs) Like it's absurd. So that's totally fine. I just, what I wanted from that scene was I wanted her to like, because I didn't think she was going to be in the whole movie. Right. After that was, and that's the reason that I need to go back and watch it again, because the whole time watching it, it was okay. How are they going to write off Carrie Fisher? I, I, and so I was tense and waiting for that. Gone in the wind kind of character. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when when they shot the bridge and everyone was blown out into space, I, I was actually pissed at the time because I was like, if that's how they wrote her off, I'm going to be fucking angry. <laughs> um, but then it wasn't. And so that's why I really didn't have a problem with, with how she did that. Um, the, the, the movie and the director did such a good job of saying, okay, we know what generally star wars fans expect we're going to give you something totally different from that we're going to put all of the little nods like the the x-wing in the water um on the the island where luke is hiding we'll put all the little nods to you know old nostalgia but then we'll specifically not do what you expect us to do and i have to appreciate that even if even if i had a few issues with the movie And I know a lot of people are talking about how they bastardize Luke's character. And the more I think about it, the more I completely disagree with that statement. Luke did exactly what Obi-Wan did. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan got sick of the bullshit and he took off and Luke did the exact same thing. And also Yoda Yoda did the exact same thing. I thought it was completely true to Luke's character. The foreshadowing line, like, what do you want me to do? Walk out in front of the Empire with a laser sword? And that's exactly what he does at the end of the movie. But he does it so well. Yeah. I cheered in the theater when it cut to Luke floating on the rock. I yeah. was like, how can you say they bastardized Luke's character when they made him the most powerful motherfucker in the entire galaxy? And Luke's not dead. Now, I know he's dead. Right. But his final line to Kylo See you soon, kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Chills went down my spine. I don't know why everyone's bitching about this. And maybe if we had an internet back when Empire Strikes Back came out, we would see the same thing. Exactly. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's definitely this this idea of enough time has passed since Empire Strikes Back. We look back on it with nostalgia. Um, so it's definitely colored our, our perceptions. I think if we had the internet back then, we'd be hearing a lot of the same arguments. You just have this huge gap in time and you have someone who is in this religion, right? And this religion has such evil, you know, uh, capacity within it that like you really don't think these Jedi as they get older and wiser and they see the kind of things that Obi-Wan or Yoda or Luke did that they're not going to 
be old bitter men like yeah they are they will and i think it was fine in fact if he wasn't i would have been kind of weirded out by old you know jumping around sprucey <laughs> sprucey luke like I, I a lot of the things i read online are flat out misinformed i think i talked to you tyler about the one criticism i read that ray shouldn't have blown open the door to luke's hut <laughs> And I was like, Chewie did, did yeah. that. I was like, you didn't even watch the fucking movie? Did you, yeah. even, you even watch it? That that was hands down. That was Chewbacca breaking that door down. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you interpret that any other way. I get people are allowed to have their opinions. I thought the movie was great. I liked it even better the second time I saw it. And maybe this is the dividing line. But you know what? If you want to watch a Star Wars movie, you can go back and watch Star Wars. Exactly. You can go back and watch Empire and Jedi. They all hold up and they're all great. Yeah. Ryan Johnson had the balls to do something a little bit different. Now, the question is, where do we go and how does JJ stick this go landing? back to, yeah, that's that's one thing that I'm, I would be very curious to see. I thought that was a really weird decision. If you're having a trilogy and you want it to be relatively cohesive, why would you have different directors? Um, especially just having one random different director in the middle, you know, kind of bookended. Which by wasn't this. originally the plan until Colin Trevorrow got fired. Right. I just I think that they have so much potential with where the story is after The Last Jedi and I don't want to see it ruined and I feel like it may it may <laughs> which is unfortunate uh because it deserves to be one of the best movies in the series as the kind of final movie in what is the you know Skywalker series yeah, because they they love Ryan so much, he gets his own trilogy, the Broom Boy trilogy, is what yeah. people are calling it. Uh, <laughs> not that Broom Boy is going to be in it. I thought Daisy Ridley deserves all the kudos in the world. She knocked Ray out of the park this time. Not that yeah. she didn't in Force Awakens, but she's a really good actress. I'm really I'm going to be curious to see what Daisy does after Star Wars. Right. I don't see her playing Ray forever. Now, granted, I didn't see Mark Hamill playing Luke forever either. But here we are. So. Right. No, and I almost put Star Wars on my 10. I figured one of you two would. We have a lot in common, and Star Wars is, is one of those things. And I think all three of us enjoyed the enjoyed the flick. I agree. Uh, so I have three movies. I know one of them is going to get taken, so I'm not going to start with it. I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite movies that came out this year was something that Eric and I were both very excited for. Um, because it had been a long time since we had seen these characters come back together. I, I know what you're gonna say. And uh, and they they look older and they they look uh, you know different. And the the feel was the same though. Uh, the pacing was off, but the movie was phenomenal. And that's Psych the movie. I thought you were going completely uh, different direction with that. Uh, you know? Do you know what movie I thought you were talking about? Uh, which one? Train Spotting Two. Oh my God! I can't believe that's not on my list. <laughs> I thought completely you were saying because we've seen the characters in Psych within the past five years. I'm I'm taking off one of mine that was going to get knocked off anyway, and I'm putting Train Spotting Two on here. So even though we just talked about it now, just know that Train Spotting is on my list. <laughs> Psych the movie was good. It wasn't as polished as I thought it could be. The scene with Lassiter was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I didn't like what they did with Henry's character. Henry is supposed to be the backbone of the show, and he really wasn't. I talked to my good friend Scott about it, who's also a huge Psych fan, and he said it, it wasn't Psych. He said it was funny, and I liked it. He said, but it wasn't Psych. And I completely agree with him. It was more a, a revenge case on uh, Juliet yeah. than it was a, a, a classic Psych detective episode if you will not that it wasn't good and not that i don't want to see those characters again i definitely don't want to see lassie like that again no jules hasn't aged a second no since everyone else looked like they put it gus looks the same sean's put on a little bit of weight henry gus, looks older gus looks more rigid he's like maybe he worked out like he's gus looked buffer yeah, yeah i was gonna say he looked sean definitely looked looks fatter yeah <laughs> but juliet looked exactly the same no, I liked it. I need to give it another watch. Uh, I watched it with you one night, very late night after it had come out. But um, yeah, I'm not going to complain about getting to see our favorite detectives come back. Me either. 
since it's on my list now and you brought it up, God, train spotting. I can't believe that that wasn't on my list. And I, it's so shocking that those two statements worked for both of those movies, but over a much longer time for train spotting. And we can touch on train spotting now if you want to. Uh, shout out to one of our big fans and one of my uh, best friends, Tom Salam who told me to watch it yeah. and I convinced you to watch it and you're like man I don't know man train spotting's one of those movies you don't want to do a sequel to original director and the same cast obviously they came back because they loved the script I thought it was uh, I thought it was great I, I loved it in fact have you ever seen train spotting Rebecca No I have not Okay definitely start with the first yeah movie which is a sad depressing movie and this one is too Oh man they are horribly sad and depressed but they're at the same time because of how they progress and end, it's like a feel good, <laughs> sad and depressing movie. <laughs> the acting is is really uh, is really good. If you like Ewan McGregor, if you I love like Ewan McGregor, Johnny Lee Miller. Okay, they're the leads. I I, I will watch anything that Ewan McGregor is in. Okay. You have to yeah uh, put Train Spotting on your list. Go okay. back and watch the original Train Spotting, and okay. then watch. T2, two, not yeah. Terminator 2, but Train Spotting 2, <laughs> uh, because it's. I think we both really enjoyed it. That might actually be tied for my second favorite movie, or for my that might be tied for my favorite movie with the last one that's on my list uh, of last year. So that's, that's crazy. Before I get shit about this next pick, <laughs> I haven't heard the new Eminem album yet, and I'm very sorry, and I know it came out in 2017, and yes, I will do it immediately. My third and final album on my list this year is from, God, what I would consider the most underrated rap act of all time, The Cool Kids. Special edition Grandmaster Deluxe, start to finish, is just a just a, a riot. It's like a house party on your stereo. It, it really is. Great tracks, great rapping. They do a lot of old school beats and, and things like that. If you're into rap, I think you'll really get into it. And I, I know the Eminem album is supposedly one of the best things he's ever done. And I've also heard it's very... Have you heard it? I've listened to uh, all but, I think, the last two songs. And when it started, I, I I don't like the first couple songs. Like, once you get, like, halfway through the album, it's phenomenal. Uh, and, I, and I agree. Those are some of the best songs he has ever done. But as an overall album, it's... I don't think it's any better than the one he released. Uh, what, two years ago? Yeah, the one with Rap God, the one I really yeah. like. yeah. Special edition Grandmaster Deluxe. Cool kids. Check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'll do my last kind of heavily political thing and get it out of the way. <laughs> um, it's actually another podcast. Um, it's called What Trump Can Teach Us About Constitutional Law. <laughs> um, so basically, um, Roman Mars um, and um, a, a law professor... Um, sit down and kind of talk about what the Constitution explicitly states and forbids the president or any of us from doing. Um, and we're kind of in this weird situation where Trump is getting away with a lot of things that aren't expressly forbidden, but it was always kind of just the norm to not do them. Um, so they have different episodes that are different things. Um, like they have an episode on pardon power. They have an episode on impeachment. They have an episode on free press. Um, they're, they're short little 20 minute episodes, but you learn a lot from them. Um, and it, it's interesting because it's presented in this way of if Trump were to try this, would he be able to get away with it? And scarily enough, the answer a lot of times is yes, because there's nothing expressly forbidden. So I actually know more about the Constitution just from listening to this podcast than I ever have before. I highly recommend it. It's entertaining. It's short, easy to digest, small bites. Um, but definitely, definitely one of the highlights of my year last year. Do you think that because the political situation in this country is so up in the air, it has caused you to learn more about politics absolutely i um i've i've said many times before you know i've i've always kind of been a little um politically aware and interested i wouldn't say active um but that's because when i finally started to realize like what this world of politics was and meant um i had barack obama in office and i was very spoiled by that um so this is the the first time you know i don't really remember my i was kind of too young to remember much of w um 
and then obviously don't know don't remember anything from the Clinton years so this is kind of the first time where I've had a leader that I strongly disagree with and I am having to do more research learn more about the political climate be more active in order to get stuff done if you want to get W in a nutshell just go back and watch Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay (laughs) okay I can do that. And you, the, the guy that plays W nails it. Okay. I agreed. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I only have one thing left, and this is the one that I would probably... How pro- is that possible? Only two things got eliminated. I've got four left. Two things got eliminated, and, and then I talked with two... Oh, that's right. You... Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I kind of doubled up on some of them, uh, which, I mean, they went together, and the other one kind of was a sporadic adding to even though it was so good so this would probably tie with train spotting 2 is my favorite movie of last year and uh, i don't think you've seen it yet and i don't know if you've seen it or not uh but you you absolutely have to see this movie and i know why you haven't seen it but that's baby driver it's high on my list i haven't seen it yet but i need to the whole reason i didn't see it when it came out is because it came out when spider-man homecoming did and I I didn't think it was going to be as good. Mm-hmm. And it heavily exceeds my expectations, which were almost nothing. And going into it and, uh, and watching it and just feeling like, wow, I know that I just spent two hours watching this, but I could watch this again right now. Is, it was that good of a movie. Shame on me for not seeing it because Edgar Wright is one of my favorite directors and I'm sure he he brings it so i think you'll you'll really 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 enjoy it and let me know when you go to watch it if i'm here i will watch it with you it's on is it on the server it is okay i'll watch it sometime very soon then cool that takes me to movies as well no better acting performance well i don't know about that top five acting performance in 2017 patrick stewart as professor x in logan another movie that the end of the movie when X-23 switches the cross to the X on Wolverine's grave, tears rolling down my face. What a great way to go out. Jackman just went on record and said, I don't care if Fox is owned by Disney. I will not pop claws again, I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mad props for that because you are not going out better than you did in Logan. You will not make a better movie than that. They will not write a better script than that. I love the character of Wolverine. Jackman, in my opinion, is one of the best cast actors to play that part. I mean, as kids, uh, we always thought Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. would play Wolverine. Jackman knocked it out of the park, especially in that movie. We finally got an R-rated Wolverine, which we've been begging for for years as fans, and they hit you with the violence within the first two minutes of the film. Straight through the dude's face. face. Oh, yeah, that was Which is, amazing. they know that's what we wanted to see, and I think the director went into that thinking, okay, what do the fanboys want in the first five minutes of this movie? Wolverine tearing some people to pieces, and that's what we got. It was my favorite comic book movie of the year, even though, like Rebecca said, Homecoming was great. Thor was great. One Rebecca's going to bring up in a second is really good. We were really spoiled this year with comic book movies. I don't think there was a better comic book movie than Logan. Awesome. Um... So I'm going to do my last book. Um, it's um, it's the third in a series or trilogy. I don't know if he's ending it here yet because I haven't finished it. Um, but it's Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson, book three of the Stormlight Archives. Uh, Brandon is hands down my favorite author of all time. I love everything that he's ever touched. I've read, I've listened to his lectures. I've read his, you know, sometimes he uploads his, his notes as he's writing um, online. I've read those, listened to him speak a couple of times. I absolutely love him. And the Stormlight Archives in particular is such a deep, involved world. These books are massive. The, um, the second one was over a thousand pages long. Um, and you just get so invested in these characters. To me, the Stormlight Archives is what George R.R. R. Martin wanted Game of Thrones to be, but it's just not as good. Um, so we've been waiting for this book three. Um, book two came out in early 2014, and then book three came out in November of 2017. So we've been waiting this long. 
Um, and I'm only maybe 10% of the way through it. It's 1200 pages long. Um, but so far it's phenomenal. So I can't wait to finish it. That sounds really good. It's, it's excellent. What I love about Stormlight Archives, usually a lot of fantasy writers kind of fall into this trap of doing, um, familiar things. They either pull from Lord of the Rings or it's very medieval or Arthurian. Um, Brandon does fantasy like it's never been done before. I cannot even compare it to anything that's out there because his world that he creates is so incredibly different. Um, It's also, um, Brandon's really great at not dumbing anything down for you. He, He trusts his audience to keep up and to follow intelligent philosophical discussions that his characters might be having. I mean, there there's not been a second where I felt like, okay, I need to dumb this down in order to reach more people. That sounds really good because one of my problems with reading and watching fantasy is I feel like I've seen it all before. You have not seen this before, I guarantee. That actually does really excite me as well because, I mean, I don't love watching fantasy, uh, but I do enjoy reading fantasy. Yeah. And But it does feel like it's all been done before. Yeah. So, I, so. I highly recommend anything that um, Brandon Sanderson's ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, Stormlight Archives, I think, is his kind of masterpiece. Um, it's definitely the longest one. He also... Um, one of my favorite trilogies of all time is um, the Mistborn trilogy. And that feels very almost steampunk with a little bit of fantasy element to it. Um, so I, I highly recommend that as well. I would actually recommend you read Mistborn first just because it will get you acquainted with his style without having to dive into a thousand page book. I want to check it out. Do you have any of these I can borrow? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Next time we hang out. Yes. I would say let me borrow them, but upon Eric's recommendation, you probably shouldn't. (laughs) No, probably not. One of us will read and watch stuff that you give them. The other one will say that they do and then not. That's not true. Like it's, it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, I gave it's you true the in Goonies. one case. <laughs> like the Goonies is legendary. Yeah, film. Uh, yeah. What else is on your list? <laughs> aren't you? Oh, you're done, aren't you? I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try this. If this doesn't work, we'll we'll edit this out. But there's only one way to introduce this next movie. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) The Disaster Artist was wonderful. I don't know what it is. I like movies about making movies. Franco knocked it out of the damn park. I will be shocked if he's not nominated for Best Actor. The rest of the cast around him, it felt like they got together Seth Rogen, uh, Franco, Franco's brother, um, Josh Hutcherson from Future Man. They got together and made a fun movie and a tribute to The Room which I made Tyler watch. Uh, the server cut out, so we only got to see the beginning of it, but Tyler got to see a little bit of why The Room is considered one of the worst movies of all time, deservedly so, but the the best quality of a, of a bad movie is when you can tell that they had passion behind it and you can tell that they tried and you can tell they really thought what they were making was good. Mm-hmm. The Room fits all three of those criteria and you get a little bit of look behind the um, behind who makes... What makes Wiseau Wiseau? And I'm, I have the book. I haven't started it yet. I can't wait to read it. It's written by the guy that Dave Franco plays in the film. Uh, you and I went down to the art house, uh, which also was a great experience in 2017. I will definitely be going there again. I like the classic theater style. It was a good movie to see yeah. in a theater like that. Cast knocks it out of the uh, out of the park. A lot of people are, are complaining that it's not as funny as they thought it would be, but I don't think that was the whole point of the movie was to be a comedy. There are funny scenes, but this is also a very sad tale of a very delusional person. That, mm-hmm. You know, and even uh, Doug brought this up last weekend, so I'll bring it up now. The movie looks good. Yeah. If, if the script was good and the acting was good, they would have had something because the shots and everything, it doesn't look like a shitty shot on a camcorder movie no and that was one of the most amazing things i haven't seen the disaster artist yet i have seen the room but it's been a while um but there was that video floating around facebook where they took a couple of scenes and did the room and the disaster artist side by side and it looks like 
you shot them back to back. Like it, it doesn't look like, you know, the room was shot years ago. It does definitely hold up. The framing is good. It's the cinematography is good. Um, and they did a great job of matching those scenes. I loved it. Franco will, will be nominated for best actor. I don't know if he'll win, but I, <laughs> I think there's a nomination in his future for, for playing Tommy Wiseau. There needs to be. Cool. Um, it's down to me and you, Bex. I know. Yeah. Just going to be go- bouncing back and forth. Um, so I had on my list Thor Ragnarok. Wow. I really, really loved it. I, I, I had fun. I loved the themes of it. Um, I loved Hela as a villain. I think we don't get enough female villains. So that was really interesting. Um, I loved... Um, Oh my god, I loved Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Oh, he was one of my favorite parts. I love that they brought Loki kind of back to just the trickster god as opposed to this evil force that he had been trying to be. Um, I I just I really really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite movies of last year. I like that you cannot tell what Loki's going to do the whole movie. Right, right. <laughs> uh he's good he fights against some of the bad guys in one scene and in the exact same scene he's betraying everybody mm-hmm. and i'm like well what the heck loki come on yeah <laughs> matt damon cameo best cameo of yes. the year <laughs> i lost my shit when i was like oh wow because you know damon does stuff like that when he believes in the property right uh i guess his most famous cameo is probably as the lead singer of the band in road trip yeah Scotty doesn't know yeah he's the punk singer but it was good to see good to see Damon. I, I liked Ragnarok a lot, and the fact that it's not on my top ten doesn't mean that I uh, I didn't think that it was a good film. It was really overhyped by this guy over here to me to the point where he said it was his favorite Marvel movie after he saw it. And when I walked in with that, I was I didn't walk out thinking that it would yeah that it I met could those that. expectations. I'll try to underhype stuff next yeah. time. <laughs> you, you should. Oh, and seeing it a second time when I saw it with you. I, you know, I looked back on it and I didn't think it was as good as I had thought the first time. So uh, it, it was a phenomenal movie. It, it went in the right direction. I thought it was funny enough. I loved what they did with all the characters. I'm glad we finally got to see the Hulk again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I'll go with, I think, the most underappreciated comic book movie of the year. Uh, one I saw near the beginning of the year, another one of those things that kind of got forgotten until I saw it today. I've never seen the character of Batman done as well as he was done in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was such a tribute to... I forgot that was last year. <laughs> um, yeah, such a tribute to not only the dark Batman that we got to see in the Nolan movies, but it completely embraced the campy 60s Batman the fact that they have Condiment King in a movie. Um, I saw it with Tyler and Titus, and Tyler knows the moment I'm going to talk about, but when they did the throwback to the the bat symbol coming in and out of the screen, I lost my shit. The, oh, my God, because that's that's my first Batman. Yeah. It's the Adam West Batman. I had Batman comic books, but the first time I ever got to see Batman on the screen was the 60s campy Batman. Rosario Dawson does a great job in the film. It's just... It's a combination of everything that makes that character and the reason that we love that character. I bumped Star Wars off my list to put Lego oh. Batman on, not only because I knew one of you would put Star Wars on there, but just because I felt like Lego Batman needed to get uh, needed to get the love. And Will Arnett completely I nails. I love Will Arnett. He, he nails him. the character. I, I love, obviously I loved him as Job on Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh and where did the lighter fluid come from, Michael? <laughs> uh, I love his Batman. I, I love everything about uh, Lego Batman. So, it, again, it was like a January or February release, I think. Go back and check it out. I've watched yeah. it three times. And, and there's jokes you miss mm-hmm. the first couple times because you're laughing so hard. And so definitely, definitely go Lego Batman. It almost made my list because I looked back and I forgot it was this year too. And I I was like, man, that was such – We seriously, the – if you look back on years for movies, 2017 is... It was really good. It's better than anything the last, I don't know, 10 years for sure. We got spoiled this year. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys listened to our games episode, but just look at all the other good stuff we're talking about now. And there's stuff we're missing. There's stuff we're going to go back and say, oh, I, for- I can't believe I didn't put that on there. Yeah. I mean, hell, we did it here on the mic with Train Spotting. <laughs> Train Spotting, yeah. So, um, 
my next one, no surprise to anyone, Wonder Woman. Um, absolutely wonderful. Not only to see, ha, wonderful. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> you did now. <laughs> I did now. Um, not only was it incredible to see this character that um, that means so much to to so many people. Gal does an uh, incredible Wonder Woman. Um, but also it was so beyond refreshing to see a female superhero directed by a female director. Um, you, you can tell if you just watch Wonder Woman and then go watch Justice League and see how they handle Wonder Woman in the two. Um, it, it was so, so refreshing and so nice and so needed after, after this year and just everything that had happened. So absolutely, not only one of my favorite movies of the year last year, probably going to be one of my favorite movies ever. The scene where Wonder Woman walks out of the trench. Yes. Yeah. Got to oh. be one of the best scenes of oh. 2017, even though Wonder Woman didn't make my list. But again, it's because there was no way I was going to steal your Wonder Woman. <laughs> I Wonder, appreciate so. that. <laughs> I loved it though. Yeah, I thought it was. I had. I thought the third act and the villain had some problems. Reason why I probably wouldn't make my top ten. But as far as I think we talked about it before, you can't fuck that movie up because if that movie tanks, there is no Justice League. Granted, right. it would have come out, but it it doesn't work. DC needed a hit. It they did. needed Wonder Woman to work, and it did. And it did. Yeah. And um, that's, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but that's another cosplay I'll have this year. I'll have Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. And, nice. And Carl's yeah. actually um, almost done with his Steve Trevor. So we'll nice. be getting some good pictures together. You guys can get me a helmet and I'll be terrible mustachioed villain. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that was the worst part. It's like, if you're going to wear a helmet like that, shave off your damn stash, dude. <laughs> we wouldn't have cared. You could have made like an energy thing go over you and your uh, your facial hair was gone. That helmet looked terrible with his facial hair. Yep. It looked awful. I agree with that. I think if he had just not done armor at all, like I would have liked the entire movie tenfold better. Like it is the only thing in that movie that brought me down is when he put on that armor. <laughs> I guess I'm going with my last one. I think this is one that you removed. I did. From your list we don't really get a lot of good comedies anymore and writing that fine line between comedy and serious is very hard to do. I think that uh, Kumail is a fantastic stand-up comedian. We got a little taste into his life in a movie called the big sick. We watched it with Mia St. Clair. Yeah. I think we, we threw it on just uh, let's, let's sit down and watch something. We weren't all really sold on it until the end of the movie. We all agreed that it was uh, phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's got some great performances from Ray Romano, shockingly so. Wow. Holly Hunter is great in the film. Kumail, of course, knocks it out of the damn park. Uh, there's one scene I really related to where <laughs> uh, she's sleeping over at his apartment for the first time, and she gets up out of bed, and uh, he's like, where are you going? Like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go down the street. I need to do this. Oh, I'll go with you. No, no, no. You don't need to go with me. Like, oh, come on. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll get up, and I'll go with you. And she eventually just screams at him, I have to take a shit, and I don't want to do it in your apartment. Like, and <laughs> I completely relate to uh, completely relate to that not wanting to be heard or disturbed when you're taking a dump. Uh, it was it was done perfectly, <laughs> and uh, and and the jokes are, are are really good. And it's it's a heartfelt, sad kind of yeah kind of story, but but done well. Don't let me taking it off my list like distract you from the fact that it was amazing. It made my list initially because. It, it was it was one of my favorite experiences just sitting around with you guys watching that movie and i honestly did not think it came out last year so uh that's the reason it was it was kind of last minute on my list um and i want to watch it again because kumail is just incredible <laughs> michael showalter showalter directed it uh from wet hot american summer okay uh, former member of the state, and I think he did a really good job too. I don't think he's getting mentioned as much as he needs to, as far as the success of the movie, because got to have a good director, right? Absolutely. And I think he did a good job with it. So that was my last one. Are you? Are you finished? I got last one year? more. Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. Nice. Um, so I'm going to end with a, another comedy special. Um, nice. Hands down, my favorite thing that I watched all year um, for several reasons, some of them political, um, but Hasan Minhaj, Homecoming King. Um, it's a Netflix comedy special. It is, I don't even know that I have the right words to describe how brilliantly perfect this comedy special is. 
it's um he he talks about his experiences growing up muslim here in america and watching 9-11 happen being muslim the the um, vandalism and the bullying that happened afterwards he talks about relationships and coming to grips with a lot of things it's such a beautiful coming of age story it's told in a way that um speaks so well to this social social media culture millennial culture uh, it it shows his intelligence. It's one of the best comedy specials I've ever seen. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. Well, I'm going to watch that. I thought you were going to go with Bo Burnham. No. <laughs> I love Bo. He definitely holds a special place in my heart. But When you said political, though, I was like, wait a minute. Where's this going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Hassan, he he's incredible. Incredible. Definitely one of my favorite comedy specials ever. Um, and yeah, I, you definitely need to watch it. It was, it was so, so good. Well, I think we gave you guys a lot of really good pop culture today. We all had very different lists. Tyler, you got a couple knocked off, but I, yeah, I that's going to happen. It is. It's going to happen, but that's kind of what we all enjoyed in 2017. So we're putting 2017 to bed going forward on BitFaced will all be about 2018, a very exciting year coming up, um, on BitFaced. Got a lot of cool stuff planned. A lot more episodes like this and a lot less episodes at conventions, Tyler and I have decided. That was fun. We had a good time doing that. And I'm not saying I won't go do interviews and things like that. But I really sure. like doing episodes like this. Yeah. Where we can sit down. We can all talk. Uh, we can enjoy each other's company. And we can talk about the things in pop culture that, that we absolutely love. So unlike last week, I can't tell you where we're going to be next week, but you can expect us to go back to our normal weekly bit-faced format in 2018, which is uh, which is really exciting. Also, if you don't get enough of me every week, you can listen to me on Tap In Geek Out with Doug. We've kind of taken that podcast and we're doing more about beer now, which is great. Uh, I think it's an untapped market in the podcast scene. We're definitely seeing some uh, some traction based on that, based on the fact that we're not only a beer podcast, but we're also a good beer podcast <laughs> so certainly uh check me out there uh completely different than bitface in fact when i write the shows not really write them but when i plan the shows i purposely do things on tap in that i don't talk about here so thank you all for supporting uh us throughout since we started in 2016 uh we're here in 2018 now and we're hoping to be with you guys a lot longer than that to my right there would be no bitfaced no Bitfaced. <laughs> Bitfaced. Without the chairman of the soundboards, Tyler Run TRG Glaze. He is now on the Xbox. You can add him. Gamer tag Run TRG. No spaces. He'd love to play with you, especially if you're playing some Skyforce. To my left, the sexy chameleon, always bringing a different list. Not too high on her soapbox this week, but you know what? That's why we love her, and that's why she's here, because she brings a completely different opinion and perspective to BitFace, and we wouldn't have it any other way. I am your host, hopefully for a little bit longer, Eric G. Hollis, and we are out.